After a shelter stay of 782 days, I began fostering wild man oats and rehabbed him into a highly adoptable pet using your online content. He joins his first family ever Saturday. Oats sends you hugs. Beverly, great job. That is awesome. That's really great. And the cool part about that, Beverly, is you can take that same information and every one of the fosters there could also use it and apply it. We have so much free information out there that the only difference between you and somebody else probably is you're doing the work. That's it. All these dogs that are in shelters, 99.9% of them can be easily adopted out. Easily. All righty. Okie doke. Here we go. It's a show. Hey, everybody. How are you? Jeff Kelman, a solid canine training with my What Would Jeff Do? Dog Training Q&A of the week number 504. What day of the week is today? Wednesday. Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, if you're brand new to my world, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this is a Q&A show. You ask questions, I give you answers. If you're not familiar with us, um, the name of the company is Solid Canine Training. We're based up in Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, we work with difficult dogs. We're really good at stopping unwanted behaviors. So you'll notice that most of my show is the stopping of unwanted behaviors. People will say, how do you stop? How do you stop? How do you stop? Let me say a lot of punish the behavior, punish the behavior, punish the behavior. And then I teach you how to punish the behavior. Um, so if you're not familiar with that, that's actually the only way you can actually stop an unwanted behavior. Um, that's my gig. I personally travel the world doing dog training seminars. We just announced another one today, Sharon Springs, New York, which is in upstate New York. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I just announced it today. No. Well, you found out now. Watch, oh, my, well, I... watch my show. Good to know. Behind the mic or in front of the mic, and you never know. Behind the camera, in front of the camera, you never Here's know. Yep. So I guess I should have checked with you on the day. Thanks. <laughs> Oops. It's not the it's not the date of your brother's wedding. So oh, that's good. yeah, that's that's been blocked out permanently. It is in October though, I think. Uh, no, maybe not. Yeah, I think it is. Anyway, so Joelle, Joel's Joel's one of my trainers. She also does social media. Um, she travels with me to all the seminars. And uh let's go. All right. Mike. Hey Jeff, love you guys. My dog is crate trained, but last few nights wakes up at 3 a.m. and whines. I tried to sneak up and correct while whining, but she must hear me and shuts up. Ignore or correct. 5.30 a.m. Wake up, potty, breakfast, then 25-minute treadmill. Train, 20 minutes, then back and crate until 3 p.m. while at work. Then potty, 30 minutes, treadmill. Play, more training. How much training to be effective? Well, I mean, none of that stuff's going to fix the whining. That's a separate That's a separate issue. Maybe something's going on if it just, if it just started. I mean... You know, if it, put it this way, Mike, if that's all the time you have to train your dog, then that's all the time you have to train your dog. Then it is enough. That's what, that's all you can do. You have to have a job. You have a life. You've got hobbies. You've got interests. You might have a family. That's just the way it is. So what I would do is get a remote cower on that dog and at three o'clock in the morning, just correct it. Just do that. By the way, down at the very bottom, there's something called Top Chat, Super Chat. It's a, it's a show your support for solid canine training. It's a little dollar sign. It's something YouTube has set up for creators like ourselves that put out constantly, put out content for free. And um, your question, though, also goes to the top of the queue. That way, you don't have to wait till the end. We sometimes don't get through all the questions on the show. Next. Mike, again, since she isn't a crate 16 hours a day, I don't want to burn her out on training when she is out. You won't burn her out. Don't worry about that. Next. Laura, my two-year-old female Malamute completely shuts down when I try to use the e-collar. Do I just ignore her terror and continue? Prong collar is working well. Well, let's, I mean, the word terror is a pretty powerful word. 
And if your dog is feeling terror at the use of the remote collar, Laura, you're using it wrong. So I don't know what you're doing with it. You can't just say, well, I'm using it to train recall. It's like, okay, I know that, but there's a lot of nuances. So I have no idea how you're using it, but your dog shouldn't feel, feel terror um, when you're just using it for basic obedience. So it's possible that um, the levels you're using are not proper. It's possible you're not giving your dog enough guidance. Remember, it's not an automatic push the button, the dog listens. The only time that works is when you're trying to stop your dog from maybe jumping up on the counter, getting in the cat box, getting in the trash. Then you just push the button and it's supposed to suck for the dog. But for obedience, though, you still have to understand the foundations of obedience, which you probably do because if you're doing leash work with prong, you just layer the remote count over it. So you might be too high. It might be just too high. Next. Monoxide. My Rottweiler currently sleeps in a crate in our room at night. We'd like to bring in a cot and have her sleep on it instead. Would that be a mistake? Should we just leave her crated? Why? It's going well. If anything, take the crate, move it out of your bedroom and let the dog sleep in the crate out of the bedroom. So the only reason why you want the dog to, the only reason why you want the dog to sleep in a bed instead of a crate is because you feel bad. Correct. I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, what other reason could there be? And some, well, in case someone breaks in the house, that's why we have guns. And if you don't live in a country that allows guns, well, then there's still other ways to protect your home um, and protect your personal safety. So chances are you do it because you're feeling bad. So I would say, leave it alone. Or I would say, try it. See what happens. Seriously. Next. Um, Roxy, hello. Is it normal for pups to be scared of new people? Yes, it is. What I would suggest you do is get yourself a How to Raise a Puppy book. Um, there's a couple of, uh, remind me to research a couple of titles that I that I agree with, because they're not just Caesar and, and, and the Monks of New Skeet. Okay. Um, the Monks of New Skeet and Caesar do have a decent book out there on puppy raising. There are some other ones. Understand the fear stages of dogs. Just Google it. You know, um, some of that information is pretty accurate. Um, but yeah, I mean, think about somebody new. Everybody thinks that Dogs love man or dog loves human. You know, man is generic for, you know, man, woman. Um, so this is the thing. It's like, no, dogs are wary. They're wary, and especially people approaching. They're very, very wary. Next. Catherine, hi. I just want to thank you all. You really helped me with my dog, aggressive Malinois, cross state, Great Dane. Please come to Montreal for a seminar. It's cold, but we are nice people. So, um Last time I was up in Montreal, you were a bunch of assholes to me. So I don't know if I'll actually ever go back there again. Um, actually, I've been to Montreal. I had a fantastic time in Montreal. There's a shelter that I actually worked at in Montreal. Um, but Montreal is close to Providence, Rhode Island. So why don't you come down to Providence, Rhode Island? You, we, allow, we do allow you in our country. Um, also, um, I'm going to be up in Buffalo. You can come to the Buffalo seminar. I'm also going to be in Sharon Springs, New York. All those places are pretty darn close. And then also, if you want to go to Collingwood, which is to zip up there, um, you can also go there. But nothing is planned for Montreal. My Canadian seminars that I'm doing, one in Collingwood and one in Vancouver, Vancouver, BC, that's all I'm doing up in um, uh, uh, 2019. So we just added one more, which makes um, 18 seminars in 2018. 19, I'm sorry, for um, uh, Jeff Gelman seminars. You can go to jeffgelmanseminars.com. Next. Top chat. Top chat, 49. Molly, hey, Molly, how are you? Lately, my one-year-old dog has been demand barking, can only ignore for so long. Don't ignore. Molly, I grab your tits. You don't fucking ignore because I'm not going to stop because I'm a dude and I'm going to think you're saying yes. You kick me in the fucking nuts 
when I bend over, you put a knee to my nose. Unless you like doing it, then you can tip me like you are now. Um, you live in an apartment, tips for getting boyfriend on board with the e-collar. Okay. If you have to get your boyfriend, if you have to convince your boyfriend to tell him how important it is to be courteous around the neighborhood, the, the neighbors, that's not marriage material. So you might as well dump the guy right now. And if you're watching me, boyfriend, get your fucking shit together and lo- you don't lose yourself a smart person and get yourself a remote collar and tell the dog to shut up. Next. Uh, Garrett. Hey, Jeff. Prong collars are on the UPS truck for delivery today. <laughs> I have two dogs. Well, hopefully <laughs> they're already fucking delivered. Like, where are you? Even if you're three hours behind, it's still fine. I guess you can be on the West Coast. Next. I'm not even done with the question. Oh, keep asking the question. Next. <laughs> I have two dogs wondering how training should be structured with two. One created while training other until foundation set. Bingo. You took the words right out of my mouth, Garrett. Yep, absolutely. One created, train the other one, um, and then until they are able to, one could be in place while you train the other one. Yep. There you go. Awesome. Next. Lou. Next. Fearful GSD e-collar recall training. She comes but grumbles all the way. <laughs> How do you stop that? What the fuck? You grumbling about the weather? <laughs> All right, I'll come over to you. But this sucks. What? <laughs> come on, and the food's terrible. Give me a break, and the service is slow. <laughs> Who did the decor here? What do you mean grumbles? What, do you, what does it like grumble? I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Just use more leash pressure. Use more remote pressure. Just use, use a higher motivator. Use high-value reward if you want to. I'm not against a high-value reward, especially for recall trading. Next. Top chat. $49.99. Canine Gunner Tactical. Look at that, huh? Look at that. Nice. Now i got to come out there and and, and say hi to you guys. Um, Hey, guys, (laughs) just wanted to say hello. Keep up. Actually, I'm going to be – oh, no, that's not. I'm going to to the Catskill Mountains tomorrow. Tomorrow? What's tomorrow, Thursday? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to the Catskills tomorrow. Um, hey guys, just wanted to say hello. Keep up the amazing work. I always tell my clients to check out all your free content. Knowledge is power. Seek as much knowledge as you can. Love you guys. Hey, I really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We love your content. Everybody click on this guy, Canine Gunner Tactical. Check him out. And uh, Casca, yeah, no, no, you're up in New, you're New Jersey. Jersey. I know, you're in New Jersey. <laughs> I know. I'm just trying to, I've seen, I've seen, I've, I've mapped you out because I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to be driving by there. But I'm going to be actually in the Catskills tomorrow, Margaritaville. <laughs> so I'm going to be in the market. Ooh, right up your alley. Just, yeah, be Mr. Sober. <laughs> so I'm going to be in uh, over by, I'm looking at houses tomorrow in Margaritaville and houses in um, Roxbury. And so I'm watching your dogs. Uh, I'm leaving my dogs overnight with me. at the training center. Not with you. Great. They're at the training yeah, center. I'll be running them. Um, if you can. Sure. Yeah. Can you run them once at least? Yeah. I'll have all their food there. All right. That, I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Next. Beverly, after a shelter stay of 782 days, I began fostering Wildman Oats and rehabbed him into a highly adoptable pet using your online content. He joins his first family ever Saturday. Oats sends you hugs. Beverly, great job. That is awesome. That's really great. And the cool part about that, Beverly, is you can take that same information and every one of the fosters there could also use it and apply it. We have so much free information out there. 
that the only difference between you and somebody else probably is you're doing the work. That's it. All these dogs that are in shelters, 99.9% of them can be easily adopted out. Easily. Top 10 for $30. Super super Corito. It's been two weeks. I haven't seen you. Hi, guys. I've been working my pup a lot. Stopped affection. and um, and What? Is that a word? Majorly? Controlling water intake? And I am majorly. Majorly? Is that how you spell spell majorly? majorly? Is that really how you spell majorly? I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Really? Oh. And majorly controlling water intake. And I'm happy to say we've had three days straight of no peeing or excess whining in the crate. Thanks for all your help. Super Pedo, proud of you. I'm really proud of everybody that jumps on this show and and takes away knowledge and then applies it. Applies it. Lately, I've been getting a lot of emails from someone saying, I finally bonked my dog. If you know what a bonker is, a bonker is, is a tool that's used for punishment, to apply punishment to a dog. It's a cotton towel. You say no. Always, always punish with a precursor of no. And then you throw it at the dog. And people will say, I got the nerve, I got brave enough, um, and my dog is behaving now. Great. So you don't have to. You can keep struggling. You can find something else. Like, you don't have to train the way we train. You don't have to take any of my suggestions at all. Um, But if you're struggling, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Next. Laura, how's it going, Jeff and Joelle? Laura, it's fantastic. Pretty good. No complaints. None. Mike. Griff running well on treadmill thanks to your video, but she constantly looks to me as if healing and wanders back and forth. Should I correct or ignore? 15 minutes in, she starts to relax and just runs. Don't worry about it. Leave it alone. Seriously, leave it alone. As long as you got four. We have a dog, um, Shake. Shake is that uh, huge border collie from Puerto Rico. This dog should be working on a farm, actually. Um, That dog can... Walk on a treadmill with like looking yeah. back, look, He's looking always back. watching what we're He's doing. He's always watching what we're looking backwards, which probably probably gonna have to come up with a chiropractor for the damn dog. But uh, yeah, don't worry about it at all. Next, Jen Smith. Hi, Jeff and Joel. Glad to catch another live with you guys oh. tonight. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jen. Jen, how are you? Sorry to hear about the what you emailed me about. I think that was Jen that emailed me about that. Next. Laura, boss is doing brilliantly on the prong, walking right next to me, wasn't reactive before, but would definitely lunge and bark back if another dog instigated. Nice. Uh, one small correction today, and now he just looks up to me for guidance when other dogs are losing their shit. That's what I like to hear. What you've done is you've actually trained the dog to just say, I really don't care about you guys, and my owner is everything to me. Awesome. Become really important to your dog. Next. Melinda. Evening, everyone. Hey, Melinda. How are you? Good evening. Hey, Melinda. Jacob. Hi, J&J. Dog was being extra pushy on walk last night, despite mm. knowing better. I grabbed a snowball <laughs> and applied like a bonker. It works like a charm. Cheers from Chicago, and thanks for the content. Jacob? That's, snowball bonker? That's the Chicago way, buddy. <laughs> you got it. Right? I'm from Cleveland. That's the Cle- <laughs> That's actually the Cleveland way. Next. Wes will probably just chase it. Bo Boatner, do you see any negative reasons to correct a dog for growling? Mine occasionally growls at sight of random people and sounds that are not threats. Puzzles me. She's indifferent or friendly to most strangers. So, I trust me, I'm, I'm really aware of the conversation out there in the dog world. And I'm very aware of the phrase, if you punish the growl, they'll just all of a sudden just randomly bite. Like, yeah, we're creating all these random biters. Like, no. Um, 
if when I'm in my RV and I'm in my RV a lot and during the day, if my dogs growl, I correct them for that or bark, I correct them for that. If I was in my RV and it's at night, I sleep in a lot of truck stops, Walmart parking lots, hotel parking lots, I'm the middle of nowhere. Great part of RV life. I never camp at a campsite because I don't camp. I just stop for the night and then move on. If Kira growls, so Kira specifically, I'll possibly pay attention to it. I'll be like, okay, what's going on? She's definitely um, come in handy when it comes to stuff like that. RVs are big targets. So if we're in a truck stop, I probably tell the dog to shut up because it's a truck stop. It's crowded. I'm not really worried about it. Um, But 99% of the time, you really don't need your dog to growl. Next. Melissa, hello and good evening. Hey, Melissa, how are you? Thanks for the email. I emailed you back. Mm. Number three. By the way, number three. You know we're not talking about potty. Ha ha. Because there's no number three. Right? Maybe. <laughs> Depends. That's the sh- what the shit piss combo. Exactly. <laughs> right. Throw up. I'm glad you know where my mind's at. <laughs> it's the it's the every orifice is just exploding with stuff. You don't want the number three. That's right. <laughs> Dan, my Jeff training dog on leash in house with only praise on your advice because not responding without treats. But he lays down, rolls, and bites leash, and uh-huh. jumps to bite arms. Any advice? Uh-huh. <laughs> See that? Now the dog's coming out. That's what we had going on all the time. So, Dan, I probably was saying you um, you probably asked, like, your dog only listens with treats, or your dog got too excited with treats. And now you take it away, and now your dog's acting like an asshole. Guess what? The assholery was always there. Assholery. Your dog was revealed. Your dog was revealed. So what do you do? Correct that. Correct that. Your, your dog is a, a child in the supermarket on the ground having a temper tantrum because they can't have a freaking candy bar. That's what your dog is doing. Don't put up with it. Definitely don't ignore it. Next. Top chat. Top chat. $5. Jen Smith. Hi, yes. I'm the Jen that sent the email. Thank you for condolences. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Jen, it's a, it's a horrific story. It's a bunch of people sent me a bunch of stuff on that. And, I, and you know I don't post stuff on my my business page about anything outside my company. So, um, but yeah, it's pretty terrible. Next. Um, Ira says, hello. Ira. Welcome. I think you're brand new. Hello. Next. The dedicated dog. Hi, Jeff and Joelle. Just gotten a foster dog this week to work on his training. And it seems to be causing my dog to become more anxious. Yep. Whining in her crate, whining in place, following my, following me everywhere. I have not had two dogs together yet. Foster is crated in basement and my dog is upstairs. Any advice for handling her regression? Yeah. So the dedicated dog. So you're, you're a new trainer, I believe. And what you're going to find out is when you start doing boarding trains, whether it's a free dog or a paid dog, you're going to find out that shit changes at home. If you're doing this out of your house with your own dogs. So um, what you need to do is you need to work your, work your dog through it as well. Like your dogs gonna have to get used to you bringing dogs in that are unbalanced. They need work. So if anything, it'll just make you a better handler. Um, so you'll be able to then now handle multiple dogs. So get used to it. Get used to it. And wait till you wake up in the morning and there's shit all over the place. Next. Caitlin, any plans to come to Austin, Texas for a seminar? I'll be in Austin next Thursday, but that's for a private consult. Um, I might end up doing a seminar sometime in 2019, though. I will let you know. We'll announce it, but um, I love Texas. Love it, love it, love it. Even now that I'm eating really healthy, um, I still love Texas. I love it. Shooting guns, barbecue, love it. Next. 
Marnie Cool Dog. Hi, all. Hey, Marnie. How are you? Anthony, you said to leverage punishment, which is callers, bonkers, etc. How do you leverage rewards the good? How do you leverage war? How do you leverage food as a reward? So food is food is a powerful motivator. Food is a powerful motivator. So what you can do is you we use food to train a command. We use food to train a command, whether we're doing luring, which we don't do a lot of, or rewarding, which we do mostly. Um, you can use food to um, get a dog that's – the problem is food has its limitations, though. So we don't use food as much to leverage things as we do um, a punishment to leverage things. In other words, what I mean by leverage um, – it's Anthony, right, Anthony? Yeah, you're up in Canada, I believe. Um, so what, what we do is with, with leverage – what I mean by leverage, it means – Owners that don't have skill sets that a, a good trainer has, and they don't need to have a good skill set, tools allow the owner to leverage their lack of skill set um, to finally start getting some control over their dog. That's what I mean by that. Most dogs will do stuff for food, no matter who's holding it. Um, there is a skill set for training for food. There's actually a right way and a wrong way to do it. Um, but I would say food isn't leveraged as much. So I'm trying to, trying to think, how would you leverage food? It's a great way to just create a new behavior. It's a great way to create a new behavior, but it doesn't help with stopping new be- stopping any unwanted behaviors. Next. Um, Melissa posted you our seminar info. Thank you. Benjamin. Hey, guys. Thanks for all your work. It's invaluable. How do I get my dog to heal one head length behind us, his current position? Mm. He tends to move forward even after a correction. Hey, Benjamin. How are you? Thanks, buddy. Um, What you're going to do is this. There's a couple of ways. I call it the follow mode. The thing about a dog being in follow mode, remember, I'm a pet dog trainer, not competition trainer, not sport dog trainer. So I want dogs to be behind me in follow mode. Follow mode is a state of mind. The dog is more relaxed in the state of mind. The dog is historically less reactive, if not reactive at all, when it's behind you. What I do is first teach the dog how to properly heal. What you can do is you can take your heel. So if I heal dogs on my left-hand side, you can take your heel and just hold it in front of the dog and just give a heel tap to the dog's chest. So no, you're not. It's not, oh my God, you're kicking your dog. You're not kicking your dog. It's just like, a little heel tap to the chest and they go, what the heck was that? And they tend to stay behind you a little bit more. Next. Dan, seen videos on YouTube of side submission technique on dominant dogs. What are your thoughts on this? Is it ever really necessary or is it detrimental to the dog or the relationship? I don't know about, so first of all, I've never done it. I, I put dogs on their side when I want to cut their nails. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's how I would groom them. Um, I don't do side submissions. I'm actually against side submissions. Um, that doesn't make it wrong. Um, um, I've never recommended it to anybody. I would ne- I would would never recommend it to anybody, and I would never do it myself at all. I find it has no practical purpose whatsoever in my world. Um, uh, as far as it ruining the relationship, I wouldn't know because I've never done it before. Um, but what I will say is it's a great way to get bit. That's what I will say. If your dog is in drive and your dog is um, still aroused and you do that, it's a great way to um, uh, bite, get, you know, get bit by your dog. Next. Uh, top chat again. Yep. $10 from Cole. Hey, Cole, thanks for all the free content. I've learned a ton since I started following you this summer. More importantly, I've gained so much more confidence handling my two dogs. See you in Providence in March. 
that's going to be at the seminar. Awesome. I think that seminar is almost sold out. Florida's doing well. Florida's in two weeks. And then Seattle, guys. Seattle. We got some room in Seattle. Let's jump on the Seattle seminar. Next. Jaina. Hi, Jeff. Would you recommend messing around with a puppy while it eats to desensitize it? Or does that make the dog more protective? I don't want more protective. It's fucking annoying. Like, it's a, it's just an annoying thing to do to a dog. Just I always tell people, leave the dog alone. Now, can you touch it? Sure. You absolutely can do touch protocols during mealtime or use food during touch protocols. You can use food to get the dog used to um, touching its ears, touching its toes, its feet, you know, its arms, its legs. You can do, you can use food for all that stuff. Um, but when it's eating, if it's eating a meal out of a bowl, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. I've, I've actually never stuck my hand in a food bowl. I don't think I just teach dogs to like, and I can stop resource guarding in seconds. It's really easy to stop, stop resource guarding too. Um, and you can do that in seconds, but I've never like, I just, I just, there's your food. Go eat. I'll see you in five minutes or less. Next. Laura took your advice and started getting up earlier, but it seems boss is wise to it already and just barks even <laughs> earlier. Should I just leave the e-collar on overnight and correct barking like a brat? Yeah, I would do that. Definitely. He definitely doesn't need the bathroom as he goes in the night. Exactly. So your dog's just being a pain in the ass. So let's stop that next. Canine Max GSE. Hi, Jeff. I have a two and a half year old Husky that I failed to socialize when he was a pup. Now he's aggressive with humans and dogs. He snapped at a few family members mm-hmm. and I've tried to fix this. Yep. Um, I think that's it. So Canine Max, number one, don't beat yourself up. All right. For all you know, you could have socialized the hell out of that dog and you'd still be where you are today. So do not beat yourself up. You don't know. You don't know. So. All I know is this. Can we get your dog to like humans and dogs? We can't get them to like it. We don't know. But can we get the dog to exist around humans and dogs? Yes, we can. That's the goal. Muzzle condition the dog so it's comfortable wearing a basket muzzle. Whenever I talk about muzzles, they're basket muzzles. Look, you can look at Baskerville. So it's a muzzle. The dog can pant. The dog can breathe. The dog can do... um, uh, 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 the 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 dog can do everything possible. The dog can do everything possible. So, um, and then you'll get the dog to start existing around the dog. I mean, your dog to be existing around people and dogs. That's what you'll work on next. Um, Paige, hey, Jeff, do you think an anxious or nervous dog could ever become a working dog, service, or sport? Sport dog, probably. Probably a sport dog. You have a lot of sport dogs out there that uh, that uh, when they're not doing like sport work, they're wrecks. A ton of agility dogs are highly aggressive. You know what I mean? So a lot of fly ball dogs are aggressive. Agility dogs are aggressive. Service work, I, I'd say yeah, I, that's, that wouldn't be the candidate that I would pick out. You know, that wouldn't be the candidate that I would pick out. So for service work, um, you want a dog that's got way better, some, you know, behind the scenes stuff than nervousness and fear, but you can get your dog over it too. Next. Nicole, y'all are the best. I've been showing everyone in my family, your videos. We love you guys. Awesome. Nicole. Thank you so much. That's so nice. nice. Derek. Hi guys. I've been wanting to start a career in dog training. Do you have any recommendations for books, et cetera, to educate myself before getting myself to balance dog training seminar? Um, yeah, my buddy Sean O'Shea wrote a great book. Go to the good dog way, the good dog way. Um, Dot com. You can go there. He's bought, he has he has a book. Um, 
there's there's a lot of actually great reading you can do. Just start reading everything and see what resonates with you. Literally start reading tons of stuff. Or watch tons of videos of different trainers. See what's out there. And then you're then when you see what's out there, somebody might resonate with you. Some, oh, another night, trainer might resonate. Oh, hey, Angelo. Good night, YouTube. Good night. If you didn't see Angelo's tip of the day, you gave a good Instagram tip of the day on what did you do yesterday? What was it on? Minecraft. And what's your tip of the day? Uh, tip of the day today that we filmed today that I'm going to put up tomorrow. I, oh, oh yeah. Um, to to get the not the whole not the whole tip. <laughs> what's it on? Which video game is it on? Oh, Super Mario Odyssey. Nice. Okay. Check out our Instagram page for that. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Love you. Thanks, honey. Love you. Um, what I would I would do is uh, check out his tip of the day on Instagram. Um, what I would do is. is that what you're doing now? You have an Angela. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to come up with as much content as I can. I'm probably gonna get him his own channel. I'm just pre I'm prepping him for his own channel. Yeah. Um, so what I what I would do is I would just um, watch as many people's videos as you can, read different books, see if they resonate with you, and then. Start your journey and then work with shitloads of dogs. Don't get analysis paralysis. The application of the information you 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 read and, and learn is what the most important part is. You can read all you want, big deal. Let me see what you can do with a leash. Next. Anna, hi, I've adopted a dog that has lived all his life in a shelter in the Philippines with only basic needs fulfilled. He's one and was very social and friendly until he came home a month ago. He's now a very scared dog who will poop out of fear. He's not aggressive at all. He's very docile, but I just don't know how to help him to overcome his fear. Please help. Well, first of all, Anna, when you said the dog's been living all his life in a shelter, I would never imagine he was only one years old. So the dog has lived for a year in a shelter. All right. So that's not that long of a period of time. It's probably average when it comes to a lot of dogs in the United States, that's for sure. Um, so the reason why he's probably fearful now is because of environmentals, environmentals. So shelter life, especially one that maybe didn't have, and that doesn't mean it was a bad place. What it means is there's only so many environmentals that a sheltered dog gets exposed to. It's like, imagine a sheltered child. They only get exposed to so many things. Uh, so what you're going to do is also it's a one years old. You're going to, the dog is still, I don't call them puppies anymore. I call them dogs, but it's still not a very, it's not a mature dog. And there is some fear still going on. A lot of dogs change at the nine, 10, 11, 12 month age. So you got yourself a one year old dog. So number one, so what I want you to do never repeat. You can, you can tell me, stop saying that he was lived his whole life in a shelter in the Philippines. Stop saying that to all your friends, to anybody you meet. So, oh, this is a nice dog. Yep, got a dog. He's a year old. This is his, this is his or her name. That's the story. No backstory. Drop the backstory. Then start working on confidence building stuff. What the dog does not need is love and affection. I'm not against love and affection, guys. Don't get me wrong. Don't twist my words. What I'm saying is love and affection won't help that dog right now. Working that dog, structure will help that dog right now. Build up its confidence. So what do you do? You can do try food training. If the dog takes food, it ain't that nervous. It ain't that scared. So you can do all kinds of different activities with it. Um, do basic training with that dog. Get that dog slowly exposed to different environmentals in the world. Next. 
Hey, Lynn. Hi. Listening on my way home from work. Just got my working ticket for Providence. Can't wait. Kaylin, nice. congratulations. You might have gotten the last one. I'm pretty sure those are selling out next. Um, they always do. Providence always sells out way in advance. It's a good one. I know. That seminar changed my whole life. That's how we met. Yeah. It's true. Pretty cool. You didn't say one damn word. Look at, <laughs> you, look at you now. Can't shut you the fuck up. Next. Dan, my one-year-old nervous dog is nervous on walks. Prong caller arriving tomorrow. Will this help with the lunging and growling that is a consequence of his anxiety? Um, yes, it is. But just to let you know, even if a dog didn't have anxiety, he can still lunge and growl. So, yes, a prong collar is going to really, really help. And for all the, you know, this is really funny because you get a lot of folks out there that are like, oh, the dog's already nervous and afraid, and now you're 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 torturing it with a prong collar. It's like, have you ever thought the dog was being tortured now just existing? Like, no, we're not torturing things. Anytime anybody ever puts any emotionally riddled words or, 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 or you know, describes things with such emotion, they're just fucking full of shit. Next. <laughs> Michelle Anderson, you make priceless faces at some questions. She must be talking about you. You're talking about me? Yeah, but not me. I don't think so. I don't know. You make some Do pretty I? animated faces. Next. Garrett, Las Vegas. So, yes, it's barely 6 p.m. Garrett, I'll be in Vegas, baby. I'll be there in uh, September? September. I think I'm, I think I'm going to be there in September. Yeah. Thanks. The Flam- Flamingo Hotel. <laughs> Excited. We're doing this show live at, at the Flamingo Hotel. Next. And I'm doing a seminar there. Next. Got By the it. way, guys, we're making t-shirts that say <laughs> next on them, aren't we? Yeah. That's the last batch that went in there. They're next. Done. What does it say? It says, what would Jeff do? And then in red letters. Bright teal. Bright next. teal. Next. Exclamation point. Nice. With a logo underneath the exclamation the point. And stuff, yeah. Guys, jump on. I uh, have it. You guys want to see? I can show you. What would Jeff do? Get your what would Jeff do sticker. Go to whatwouldjeffdo.com. No, we'll leave it for the big reveal. Next. Ira, hi guys. This is my first time joining the live. I own a three-year-old GSD and it's dog reactive. After a whole year of working on it, I can confidently say that she's almost non-reactive. Mm. Almost. Nice. I was wondering how could I socialize her? Would pack walks be ideal for a dog who used to be reactive or walking around a fenced dog park? Have any other suggestions? Both, but but pack walks are a sleight of hand. Pack walks are a sleight of hand because you're migrating. So, but it it won't hurt. Put it that way. It won't hurt. So yeah, do pack walks. Go when we say dog parks, it's on the outskirts of dog parks. It's not on the inside of dog parks. Walk on the outskirts of dog parks. You can do that. Next. Javier. Hi, Jeff. What protocols can I do for my human aggressive GSE? Any clicker food-based protocols? If you want to teach the dog how to do stuff, yes, but not how to stop things. So what you can do is usually when you've got um, the human, if it's a human aggressive dog, you need to first apply punishment for the bad behavior because no matter how much you train that dog through reward, it won't stop the aggressive part. So you have to make that part suck. Then what you can do is you can start marking and rewarding good choices. But if you ignore the bad choices, you're going to always struggle. So what we do is we, with a human aggression, we sometimes have to correct on day one because we're human and we're working with the dog. They can't escape that. Dog aggression, you can keep them away from other dogs at the beginning of the training the training program. But human aggression, they might just try to attack you just coming out of the kennel. So I don't think people realize the dogs that we work with, it's like, oh, my gosh, you guys are really harsh and firm. Okay, well, you obviously haven't experienced dogs like we have. Because when a dog comes into your kennel and it goes in the kennel and you open up the kennel door and 
before you even open the door, it starts growling and showing its teeth. Guess what? You have to take it out to go to the bathroom. Like, like it has to go to the bathroom. I'm not letting dogs shit and piss in our kennels. So it has to go to a bathroom. So now what do you do? And then you open up the door and it lunges at you. Okay. You have to take it to go out to the bathroom. What do you do? Now you have to also train it. What do you do? You actually have to put a leash on the dog and start training it to work. That's what you're being paid for. You can't wait two weeks till it gets used to the place. You can't wait one week till it gets used to the place. You can wait maybe 24 hours till it cools down, but you still got to take it out to go to the bathroom. So that's where you're, you're, you have to master the art of punishment has to do. But you can do clicker food for making good choices. Next. And for all its obedience commands, but that won't stop aggression. Catherine, I'm taking, sorry. I'm taking my dog to the dog park up to three times a day. He plays hard for approximately 2.5 to three hours a day. Is that too much? He sleeps in his crate usually after each park session. Well, you, Catherine, number one, you answered your own question. Number two, I don't believe in dog parks. I don't believe your dog should be running around with unknown dogs. But it seems to be working out for you. All I know is that a lot of bad behaviors get started and reinforced in dog parks. Um, but two and a half to three hours a day, that's a lot of freaking time to run your dog. Yeah, that's probably too much time. You can that's more than enough time. More than enough time. The I don't the goal is not to tire your dogs out. I'm a big advocate of exercise, but I'll I'll never tire my dogs out. But I can my dogs can will lie down and fall asleep instantly because we've mastered the art of doing nothing when they think they want to do something else. But two and a half to three hours is more than enough time to run your dogs. Next. Mm-hmm. But what I, I'm sorry, but what I would do is I would practice getting them to be calm. You're not going to be calm when you don't go to the park. So don't go. Just do basic short walks during the day. Do 30 minutes of walks. And let's see if you can create a calm dog. Do that. Because that's how you really build up your skill set. Next. Allie B, e-collar for 14-pound dog. Is there too small for an e-collar? No, 14, no. I mean, we've had e-collars on dogs under 10 pounds. Get the micro educator from e-collar technologies, e-collar.com. You can buy them right from our website, too. You pay, you pay normal retail price on our website. You save like 20 bucks off Amazon. Mike, <clears throat> I think one of your Patreon videos stated, don't say no unless you enforce it with punishment. If caught off guard and just say no, is it doing more harm by lessening the effect of the word? Explain, please. Mike, I do that too. It ain't the worst thing in the world. I tell my dogs no, and I have nothing to back it up. So ideally, when you're teaching no, you save no for something that you can actually then apply a punisher to. But I say no to my dogs often, and I don't have any way to do any way to correct them. So... At the beginning, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if you could every single time. You could always come up with another word, though. You could always come up with another word besides no. If, if no is your power word, but it's not It's not going to destroy anything. Next. Dave, dog was great on recall with e-collar, but super fun snow days has killed it. Absolutely ignores working level now. Should I work her back on a long lead up the stem or just recall off snow first? So, Dave, working level fluctuates. Got it? So the dog's not working on working level because it fluctuates. Also, because it's not paying attention to it. 
also distractions levels go up. So you're at, you don't like art galleries. All right. And, uh, Hey Dave, it's let's go home. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Right. That wasn't that difficult. No convincing Dave. Right. You're at a music concert that you love the band. Hey Dave, let's go home. You're like, no, I'm not going home. Well, why not? Yesterday I said, let's go home and you left the art gallery. What's the difference? You're doing something you enjoy. Next. Kindness matters. Yes, it does. I just finished the Monks of New Skeet puppy book. They were saying not to use food with puppy training. Can you explain why you prefer to use food for puppies? Thanks wow. for everything. Do they really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm oh. sure they don't. So, um, yeah, I would definitely use food for puppy training. Like all puppy training is all food-based. I didn't know the brother Christopher didn't use food. They do all remote coward training, but they don't introduce it that young. They've always been compulsion-based, though. They've always been compulsion-based. So I don't know if people knew that. Back, you know, Brother Christopher was doing long lines and choke chain Keeler method for since they started, actually. Um, and then when they introduced uh, shock collars, um, probably in the uh, maybe the 90s, maybe the late 90s, early 2000s, um, maybe a little bit earlier than that. Maybe it was the 2000s. Was that, was that 18 years ago? Yeah, probably then in the 2000s. They changed up their program. I didn't know they didn't use food. I just like their philosophy on stuff. That's all. Next. Elisa, any idea to help a deaf dog in the crate? He constantly destroys trays and howls and whines constantly. Tried an e-collar, but it only works for a short time. Any help? Yeah, you have to work on that specifically, that specific protocol. It's a pain in the ass. So you might have to go up higher on the remote. Higher on the remote. Also, you want to make sure you're doing duration work. So you start reinforcing down in the crate. You start reinforcing. Um, who is that? Kira. Kira. She's Kira. dreaming. I know. She's, she's making too much. She's making noise. Um, you want to reinforce a lot of duration work. A lot of duration work. Next. Karen, GSD lover. Hey, Jeff and Joelle. Just want to say hi and thanks. Enjoyed your IG when you spoke to the kids, staff at the elementary school. Much needed info. Oh, thanks. We had about an hour of, <laughs> an hour of footage so if anybody doesn't know if you watch i think we posted on facebook and on instagram yesterday was me and 500 kids so we have a boarding trained dog named champ he was with us what three weeks no but i mean how long ago over the summer over the summer he was with us and um i actually didn't work with him um so the uh the follow-up session she's like oh i need to do a follow-up at the school and we agreed that i would come to her school she's the she's the principal of an elementary school k through um there was only K through four there. Yeah. Maybe it's only K through God, it was you. Maybe it was a K through four. Could you imagine if I said it's me and Brittany who do follow ups? Could you imagine? (laughs) I would have died. So I'm like, she goes, I need help in my office with the kids. So I know the dog goes to this goes goes to work with her. The dog's in the office and kids are always coming in and the dog gets distracted. So I'm like, okay, sure. I'll do the follow up there. Absolutely. So we casually get there. We're supposed to be there at two o'clock. We casually get there. And um, I'm like, okay. We walk in. She grabs me. She starts walking away from me. And I'm and she's like, oh, the auditorium's over here. And I'm like, what auditorium? <laughs> we walk into the back door of the auditorium. There's a curtain there. She's like, oh yeah, there's a um uh, uh what do they call the it? School assembly. Assembly. <laughs> we have a school assembly for you, Jeff. 
all the kids are here. I had no idea. And then you saw the camera turn on and boom, that's what happened. Literally. Zero prep. No prep. And then she wanted me to, and then I talked, I said, well, how long do you want this to be for? Like 10 minutes? She's like, can you do an hour, please? So I did an hour and, and I'm really good with kids. And I applied, people were like, oh, good to teach them about consequences and punishment. I'm like, no, that's not what I did. I actually, it was more of like a motivational speech um, to the children. And I talked a lot about core values and about, you know, I did talk about thinking positive and about listening and about trying really, really hard and about doing lots of repetitions and about like homework. And, um, um, and what else? I mean, I talked about a lot of really important messages, yeah. you know, and, but I, and then I obviously talked about how to like approach a dog and how not to approach a dog and what not to do. And I talked about how we, you know, a, a little bit of how we trained, you know, how we trained the dog. So it was good. It was good. It was definitely good. A lot of content. Yeah. Um, Turv. Hey, Jeff, thanks for all you do. My question is, how would you go about off-leash healing? I've already taught him a nice heal with a prong and e-collar. So what you do is you start to take, you can start dragging, the let, let the leash drag of the remote collar, let the leash drag, get off the leash. In other words, even if you have the leash in your hands, get off using leash pressure and use the remote pressure. So use your words, heal and remote pressure. Try not to use the leash at all. You take the leash, stick it in your pocket if you want to. You can put the leash like over your shoulder if you want to. Do a lot of directional changes. Um, do different speeds of cadence. So like, you know, go fast, go slow, go like really, really, really slow. Make right turns, make left turns and get the dog to be responding to that remote. And then you dra- let the leash drag and then you can take the leash off. Next. Horse crazy. I am back today. My dog is doing a little better with recall, working on it like you recommended last show. He is on leash outside and listens a little better. So far, working to get him better. Okay, cool. Yeah, sometimes you just got to add some more motivation in there with the remote power levels going up every once in a while. I just lost it. Go ahead. Michelle, tips on eliminating whining and crate when remote collar escalates it. I've tried high stim and low stim, and he still gets escalated. Oh, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. So walk over to the dog, walk over to the crate, bonk it. You bonk the crate. You hit the top of the crate, hit the side of the crate. Believe it or not, you can have the dog keep a leash on the dog, pull the dog out, bonk the dog. It sounds so mean when I tell people to do that. Oh, my God, that's horrific. No, with being in a crate and whining constantly, that's horrific. So having the dog come out and correct it and put it back in, the dog is going to learn. Next. Maddie says, we call that the triple in English. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See? Told you. It's, it's, a, it's popular. Next. Curve. How do I get my dog to not be afraid of bikes? Um, well, you can do a couple of different things. Number one, get it to walk next to you um, or get it to lie down. So get it to hold an obedience command. Then what you do is you introduce the environmental, whatever the environmental is. So it's bikes. Start at a big distance. Start at a, start at a far distance. And it sees a, it sees a bike in the far distance and it doesn't react. You can actually use a clicker in food. Click, reward. Click, reward. Oh, this is pretty cool. But the, the big thing is, is when it reacts to the bike, that's when you have to apply the punisher. So you need both. You need a good yes. You need a good no. Next. Allie B, love the show, has become my new favorite. What to do for a rescue that has no interest in treats or food as reward? So Allie B, the question is what to do with a dog, okay? Rescue is not a breed. I am just I just say that because there is this emotional component to it that will keep owners from doing what needs to be done because they think the dog has had a horrific life. Um, so what you'll do is, are you feeding the dog out of a, a dog food bowl? If the answer is yes, stop. I'm not saying starve your dog. What I'm saying is use food 
to train the dog on a daily basis, use the daily food. So we actually don't use treats. We just use the dog's food and they work for it. Why? They're hungry. Next. Uh, Jacob, dog growls at new house guests, has nipped at pant leg before. Minutes later, she is totally chill. Should I amp up advocating for house guest space or simply correct approaching in that mental state? Both. What I would do is I would absolutely just, yeah, if, I mean, if a dog is approaching a, uh, if your dog is approaching a house guest, you absolutely better better correct that dog, apply a punisher. That's not acceptable. Every time that goes by that the dog does it, it thinks that's the proper behavior. Remember, when you don't stop something, you train something. Always remember that. So absolutely. Okay. I was just going to say that's a good meme right there. Write that one down. Write you, that you can down. use that one instead of yes and no, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so let's do that. Next. Rugged canine training. Hey, Jeff and Joelle. Hello. Oh, hey, Rugged. Can I thought it was a question after that. Hey, how are you doing, Rugged? Um, Nancy, have been bonking and high e-collar correction for window reactivity. Then my dog hides under the table. Is this avoidance? She's trying so hard to de-escalate. She will not go to place after this. Okay. So number one, yeah, it's not avoidance at all. You just startled the shit out of the dog, which is fine. I have no problem with that. She won't go to place, but how about this? Put a leash on the dog, bring the dog to place. Got it? Don't just be barking place and correcting for noncompliance in that point. Put a leash on the dog and take the dog there. So stop the bad behavior, then show the dog what you want it to do. Next. Um, Little Mama Mud. Hello. Still in the negative 30s. Six-hour groom, side down, one break, and no problem taking him off the table. Might be a happy Skype tomorrow. Wow. Nice. Rebecca. Good. We rescheduled that, hon, didn't we? Yeah, because I think it originally was on Friday. Yep. I'm loaded with Skypes tomorrow. I had to remove all my Friday Skypes to my to the, earlier this week. So that means tomorrow's a big fucking Skype day. Nice. John, thanks, Jeff, and all working through your videos. Neighbor always wonders either dogs are well-behaved when I'm around because I don't let them do bullshit. Tough part is owner buy-in, not a trainer. Yeah, so, I mean, owner buy-in. So there's a couple of different things. Our, as a trainer, our job is to our job is to train the human. But if someone doesn't buy in, they're not a client. Does that make sense? We only work with people that that are on the same ideology and philosophy as us. And they're on board with everything, our philosophy, our tools. I'm always surprised by trainers because I mentor a lot of trainers that are like, how do I get owners to what? Convince them to use the tools? You don't. You don't get owners like, no, that's their job. You yeah, you put out massive amounts of free content, let them look it over, and then let them decide. I'm not, I, I don't try to convince anybody to train how we train at all. It's a free world. You can train your dog any way you want to. But if we're going to have a voluntary tran- a voluntary monetary transaction, which means you're paying me voluntarily for a service that we will perform, you should be on board with everything we're going to do. Because... That's, that's, that's the job. That's the job. Next. That's their job as a client. I'm next. I just never know anymore. Next, Mike, I know you don't like dog parks, but I don't have fenced yard. Take my 40 pound Griff and she couldn't care less about other dogs. Runs and plays solo. When any dog approaches her, she lays down. Bad. Mike, no, that's not bad at all. Other than if a dog approached her and didn't take the signal of, oh, I'm no threat. That's that's when shit goes wrong. 
Or if two, three, four, five dogs approach her and your dog feels like it's cornered and doesn't know what to do, and maybe it growls or it snaps, which theoretically is acceptable, um, and then a dog attacks it. So again, just because I'm not a fan of it, that doesn't mean, I mean, millions of people are going to dog parks and don't give a shit what I say. So, you know, all I'm saying is that's the, the setup you just described I see no harm in it whatsoever until it goes bad. That doesn't mean it's going to happen, but if you keep repeating situations like that, okay, it should be fine. Next. Roxy, puppy can be outside for an hour without peeing, then gets to come in and he pees on the pee mat. Any ideas? Do I correct him? Well, because I'll say that one more time. Puppy can go outside for an hour without peeing, then comes in and, well, what the fuck do you think the pee mat's for? What do you want the dog to do on the P-Mat? Write its name in crayons? I mean, come on. Take the fucking P-Mat away. Uh, take the P-Mat away. All right? <laughs> it's like Jeff had wild sex with his wife last night, but when he came into work and there was a topless woman, he looked at her. I'm like, yeah, duh. Like, who cares about that's, last night? That's the worst. The worst, like, comparison. It is? Yes. Like, what? Really? Does that have to do with anything? Because, oh. <laughs> it, sounded good. It, it sounded good in my head. Yeah. Thank you for speaking. So, Roxy, do I correct him? Well, not for pissing on a piss mat. That's what it's there for. If you remove the pee mat and the dog pees on the floor, also keep in mind, if the dog's outside running around, it's not going to pee. Or if the dog pees and then runs around, it's got to go pee again. So always let the, give the dog the opportunity to pee before it goes inside on a leash. Don't just assume it's going to know to pee. Next. <clears throat> Britt. Hey, J&J, it just started my own dog training business. Do the training packages that you offer to clients come with an e-collar or do you have them pick and buy one that you recommend? Thank you. Um, We charge extra for remote collars. They can buy them from us or buy them from Amazon or buy them from anywhere else. But you can do whatever you want to do. Next. Dan, trying to teach recall, also let him off leash. Big mistake, LOL. Came so close, but then would turn and run. Spent one hour trying to catch him. Any advice on recall training? P.S. Your boy is so cute. LOL. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, keep a long line on the dog. I've got a video on recall training. We do it all with, we can start with long line and prong, food reward. Um, we layer the remote collar over it. Um, remote collar recall training is going to be highly effective, highly efficient, probably the simplest thing to do, but you can always build your skill set up with just leash and prong if you want to. Um, and then keep a long line on the dog and don't get cocky. Don't let your ego get ahead of you. All right, next. Sean, hey Jeff, my wife and I will be adopting an 11-month-old male German Shepherd on Saturday. How long should we let him get adjusted to his environment before we start training? 0.5 seconds, and I'm 100% serious. The second you pick up that dog, you are training. Imagine if I imagine if you said, "Hey Jeff, um, we just adopted or bought a dog. It doesn't make a difference what it is. It is a transaction. So we just bought a dog." Um, we need you to go pick it up and then train it. I, so I pick up the dog from the kennel or from the airport or wherever. And as soon as I get that dog, training starts immediately, that second. Because 
you're always training that dog. Every interaction you have with that dog is training. Think about that. So you immediately start training. Next. Um, shoot, I just lost my place. Also, what should we start working on first with him um, when he's adjusted? Found your channel last week and love your content. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. So, Sean, start working on, well, he's going to, how to go in the vehicle. He's going to come home, have a crate set up, how to go in the crate, how to come out of the crate. Um, don't take him to a dog park. You have no idea if he's dog aggressive or not. Be careful with affection. The number one mistake people make is this. They shower the dog with affection. It's a great way to get bit. It's a great way to overwhelm the dog. Also, what has the dog done? Giving dogs affection, especially at that time, is for pure emotional needs of a human being, and it's not relevant to the dog's learning. So, and we're not against affection, but I'm just saying, though, it's like, we're going to have you work. You have an 11-month-old power breed dog that um, you need to make sure is highly trained or and well-behaved. Uh, so just start out with structure. Masters, everything should be structured. Next. Derek, thanks, guys. Appreciate the feedback. You're welcome, Derek. The dedicated dog. Thanks. Figured I would have to just suck it up and work her through it. Would it be a bad idea to walk both dogs together muzzled? Foster is a toy fox terrier who is reactive to strangers. First, walk the dog on its own. Get into a good place and then put it with your other dog. Next. Anna, should I praise dog for not reacting verbally or lunging at another dog, even if still on alert, or only praise if completely ignoring, etc.? So, Anna... Do you want the dog to be on alert, yes or no? If the answer is no, you can't ignore it and you can't praise it because both of those mean yes. Got it? If you don't want the dog to be on alert, you have one option that will work. Correct it. Next. Oh, David Smith, top David chat. Smith. 499. Was about to make a video for my page and was all focused. Then yay, boobs, <laughs> LOL, love you. See, there you go. Why did I say that? What did I come up with that for? For David Smith. Five bucks. That's <laughs> why. Every time I say boobs, David throws me five dollars. <laughs> my show wouldn't be the same without the word boobs thrown in at least once. At least Next. once. Adelie, how to build nervous dogs' confidence. That's That can be a struggle sometimes, and we struggle with that as well, just to let everybody know. We struggle with nervous, fearful dogs as well. Mm -hmm. um, structure is highly important. So the more predictability the dog has in the, in the, in the, in the day, it's important. Um, and then do confidence building. So if you can get the dog to take food, whew, you're in. Um, but a lot of nervous, fearful dogs don't take food. That's the, that's the problem with that is if, only, if you only have a food-based training protocol mindset – you're going to struggle with a lot of different dogs who just don't take food. Um, so ideally, though, do activities with the dog, confidence building. Like you don't have to join an agility club, but agility-like things. Do trick training. Um, do basic obedience. Um, um, do some play. Uh, get the dog around a lot of different environmentals. Next. Um, Garrett, hey, Jeff, finally got my pup to start eating in her crate. Didn't eat for two and a half days. Now does just fine. Yep. Anytime my pups do something I don't like or annoys me, I think, do I want them to do this forever? Then correct their asses like Jeff would. <laughs> Garrett, that's a good philosophy to have, buddy. Next. The dedicated dog. My dog is reactive to other dogs, but usually only when those dogs are walking straight towards us, not if they're walking with us. Okay, got it. Yeah, so you might be okay. I mean, you can always muzzle your dog up. You can, you can also walk the dogs on opposite sides of you. So one on the right, one on the left. Next. Benjamin, how do you stop a resource guarding even after correction? You shouldn't have it. If you if you apply a proper punish if you apply a 
proper punishment, it shouldn't exist anymore. So resource guarding is usually a one to three second fix, guys. With 90 something percent of dogs, I usually fix it the first time. And it's with a high level correction with a remote collar and it sucks. You don't guard resources, especially food. Food and bone and toys are the most are the most common ones. People then also too. A little bit of some there's some nuances with the people stuff. But if it's if it's over a food bowl, that's really easy to do. So dogs on a tieback for safety. I demonstrate this at all my seminars, by the way. Dogs on a tieback for safety. And you walk up to the dog and you teach it the out command, out, because they don't want to leave the bowl. And you give a high stim on the remote collar and they back away from it. And you make sure they're also mentally back away, not physically back away. So they're not just staring at the bowl, waiting to lunge when you put your when you put your hand down. And if they are, you say out again, you hit the collar again, and then they eventually disengage. And then the word out has meaning. You can also do it without the word out. You approach a bowl, the dog growls, you make it suck to growl. Now, this is for canine-human interaction protocols. Dog-dog interaction, um, I just don't, I wouldn't let another dog approach another dog eating eating food. I don't think that's smart um, dog ownership. So, uh, so what, what, what you'll do is it, it shouldn't, it should go away. It should go away. $5 top chat. Carrie, we're going on a long trip in, in the car with my German shepherd dog crate or no crate with a long trip with a lot of brakes or no crate and lay a long back seat. What would you have to do? All depends on the size of your vehicle. All depends on the size of your vehicle and all depends on how well your dog does in a car. Um, so if you've got if you've got yourself a big SUV or you've got yourself it depends on the size of your dog I guess oh German Shepherd so um, if you have room for your, a crate in the back of your car because you can use the top of it for stuff as well and it could be a soft crate if you want to um, you can put your dog in a crate and I'm not worried about safety everyone's like oh what are the, what what's what's safety if you get into a car accident if you get in a bad car accident with a dog in your car it's probably not going to be good just that's just the way the world works so. I know they've got some crash-rated crates. That's all great. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying don't get them, but I'm just saying, um, I mean, my dogs, I'll have, you know, right now I'll have three or four dogs in my in my car. If I get in a bad car accident, it's gonna, not going to be pretty, but that's going to be the least of my worries. I mean, what's the chances of that happening? Next. Um, Paige, GSD oh, for a... Psychiatric service dog. I've heard rumors that GSDs in particular will pick up your energy. I love the breed and have a lot of experience with them. Would love one for service work. So I mean, false. so I, I don't, I don't think I think that well, the information you got is is wrong. I think first of all, like if it's a psychiatric service dog, don't you want it to pick up on your energy? Like, let's think about that concept, right? Especially if it's PTSD dog. Um, I think most dogs can't be service dogs. They just can't. Um, so it's not as much about the breed as it is about the dog. So even dogs that are specifically bred for service dog work, a true one is washed out. It's washed out. So there's all kinds of different temperaments of dogs per breed. Like a breed doesn't have people are like, oh, yeah, German shepherds make good, you know, whatever dogs. I'm like, well, if you're using them for protection or, you know, a lot of dogs can do that. A lot of dogs can do that. So. For for service dog work, there's a lot of people that have you know German Shepherds for for service dog work. It more depends on the, the actual breed of the dog, the, the temperament of the dog. 
Next. Kate, clarification. Do you use remote caller to prompt behavior or just for correction? I'm sorry. What's that? I was a Airbnb. Do you use a remote caller to prompt behavior or just for correction? Kate, good question. We use for both. We actually train on prompting. We train on we watch my videos on how to train place command, for instance. So we use it actually to prompt every single time, but then we take it away. Just like you would take food away. Because I don't want the dog to only do it when it's prompted. I want the dog to be underneath voice control. So whether I'm doing food training or remote training or compulsion training, um, I don't want the dog to only do it because it's it's because of something external other than my voice. Um, uh, but then we take the dog off of those things. We take him off food. We would take him off of leash pressure. We would take him off of remote pressure. And we would only hold the dog accountable for not doing a command that it knows it's supposed to do. And then there's your other, then there's your, so now it knows what to do and it knows that not listening has a consequence. And that's a really important formula to have in, in life actually for everybody, but let alone dogs. Next. Josh, looking forward to our Skype this Saturday, Jeff, have lots of hope. Awesome, Josh. Looking forward to it too. Supreme leader Snoke, got a prong collar, makes the walks easy. Do you leave the prong on your dog all day or only when you walk your dog? Um, never in a crate and never when you're not home. And and if a leash isn't attached to it, it has no purpose. So, but if you're doing obedience training in the house, you can have your dog on a leash, dragging the leash. Um, you shouldn't be walking around your house randomly. So technically, whenever you're training, at the beginning of your training, you know, your training journey, you're sort of training all the time. Next. Is that a new $5 Top one? Chat, yeah. A new $5 one? Um, expedition. Oh, yeah. You have an expedition. Yeah. Oh, plenty of room. So have plenty of room. Thoughts off crate would be good, secured. What do you do with yours in the RV? In my RV, I've got um, Texas, Texas in a crate um, at night. And he's in a crate when I leave the RV. Um, Kira um, is Kira and girl are um, out at night. Out, they're all out during the day when I'm driving. Tex goes into a crate at night. Tex goes into a crate whenever I leave the RV. Um, Kira goes into a crate when I leave the RV because she's um, she almost put herself through my front windshield on purpose one day. She knows how to deploy in and out of vehicles. And she, if anybody has a problem with a bonker, which is a cotton towel, Kira launched herself through my front window and cracked my front window. And you would have never known that she did that, but I figured it out because she showed no sign of like distress. So anybody has a hard time with a fucking cotton towel, just remember some people's dogs try to go through freaking front windshields and don't even blink an eye. Um, so with her, um, I, I usually leave her in a crate when I'm not in the vehicle. Um, and then girl is always out of a crate next. And why? Because of the behavior that they might do when they're out of a crate. Cause I'm smart. Cause I can't have, a, I can't have a dog even chew one piece of furniture. I can't have them like get into, you know, it's a very small contained area. There's shit everywhere. So it's a smart dog ownership. Next. Um, Matthew, Jeff, thanks for all the free content. You and Sean O'Shea have changed my training mindset with not only my own dog, but giving me skills to make my shelter fosters so much more adoptable quicker. Awesome. Yeah. Hope to see you in Hagerstown, Maryland. Awesome. Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Isn't it in Frederick, Maryland? Oh, no, it's Hagerstown, technically. Is it? Greenbrier? 
Is Greenbrier? I must be. No, that's Frederick. It is Frederick. Huh. Okay. I'll see you in Hagerstown, too. What's <laughs> the Matt? Matt, what's in Hagerstown? Is it close? Uh, Super Corrito. I took my pup to the vet yesterday. She was fine laying down, and another dog started barking at her. She ended up barking back and wouldn't stop. She's 18 weeks old. I, I wasn't sure what to do. How would you correct? Not much you can do. You know, not much you can do. You can give them a little, you can, you could get yourself a pet convincer. We don't have one. Pet convincer is compressed air. You could have taken two little fingers and just poked the dog like right in the soft spot, right by the back leg there. You could have, you could have done that, but you know, you can't be bonking your dog in a vet office. Next. Laura. All right. Two parts. Boss books it across the room when he sees us reach for the bonker. Have we overdone it? Uh, Seems to be smart about when he has e-collar on or bonker is around. It behaves selectively. Laura, how long have you been working on it? Yeah, bonker is supposed to be stealth. Bonker is supposed to be stealth. All right? So dog's smart, right? He's smart. As far as being collar-wise in the remote collar, most people, most people don't do enough repetitions on the remote, and then they're surprised that the dog only listens when it's on the remote. So if we when we do if we do food clicker training, it takes four thousand repetitions to make a dog proficient, something like that. So how long have you got the remote on? Have you been consistently using it for six months? Consistently, especially at a higher level when needed. And does the dog understand yes and no? Next. Um, Steve attempting to crate train, but dog is resistant to going into the crate using prong collar. Steve, where's your dog sleeping tonight? right? Where's your dog sleeping tonight? If your dog came to us, it would sleep in a crate. If I came to your house, which I'm not going to do, um, it would sleep in a crate. I would get your dog into a crate. How? Any way possible. If that means I've got to take the leash, put a long line on, thread it through the back of the crate, have someone else in the house pull while I guide the dog with another leash so it thinks that I'm doing all the work. It doesn't know that there's someone behind it pulling it and they're doing all the strong arm work. That's so it is. And you do massive amounts of repetitions, but it's a dog. So if you have to take it and help it by pushing it in, just don't get bit. So be it. Any way possible that dog goes in the crate. It's non-negotiable. You're going in the crate. It's sort of like your three-year-old objecting to going into a car seat. It doesn't want to go into a car seat. It's like, what are you fucking kidding? You're three. Shut up. Get your ass in the car seat. It's non-negotiable. Same with the dog. Don't let your dog have that much that, that much power over you. Next. Randy Smith donated $199. Oh, thanks, Randy. Yeah, probably did that a while ago. Um so we talked on Skype call Tuesday. All is good. Good. Thanks, Randy. Yeah. It, everything underneath four uh, four ninety nine. Shows anything underneath four ninety nine though we don't get it doesn't go to the top for some reason which I think personally it's fucking stupid. Tell YouTube you fucking give me ninety nine cents come to come to the top of the damn list so I can say say thank you in a proper time next. Um, I really think I'm allergic to your cats. My eyes get itchy every time I come here. Okay, David, one year old dog is doing great with your training. Thank you. One problem is she still gets overly excited and pulls on the leash whenever we go to family's house and when people come over. Any advice? Yeah, yeah, you have to up your correction. Up your correction. It's a high level distraction. High level distraction. So it's time to probably just use a little bit more enforcement. Next, Michelle, puppy training again. Last night I was asked to teach my four month pit puppy to sit pretty. He's as tall as my knees already. I pictured him clawing some kid in the face and refused. Thoughts? 
What do you mean? So, oh, are you going to a class? A class, yeah. Oh, and they're teaching puppy training class. Oh, a, four, a sixteen-week-old puppy to teach it. Technically, that's a trick, which I, I'm a big fan of trick training. The dog at sixteen weeks old, unless you want your dog to learn sit pretty, it does not need to learn sit pretty. It needs to learn to sit and down and place and walk. It doesn't now. If you're like, no, Jeff, I want to do trick training. I want my dog to learn how to sit pretty and roll over and high five and back up and, you know, and do all the, and there's like 500 different tricks or, or whatever that my dog can do. That's different, but that's probably not what you want. So sit pretty has no value to a 16 week old puppy who still doesn't know how to fucking hold a sit around kids on bicycles. Next. Horse crazy. Don't have an e-collar. Can't afford it right now. Working with the tools I have. Prong collar, harness, a retractable so my mom can handle him outside while I'm at work. She won't use the prong collar. He does great for me on prong, but afraid to leave prong collar on all day. Yeah, I don't blame you. So you're going to have to instruct your mom, depending on your dog's behavior. Well, mom, like I can't have you take the dog off property. I can't, you know, I probably, I wouldn't let your mom take my dogs off property. Because she probably would struggle with my dogs too. Because it's not, we don't make robots. Now we don't make robots. Because I mean, even if you just don't hold the leash properly, it can affect the dog. So if anything, get rid of the get rid of the flexi leash and get yourself just a six foot leash. If you have a fenced in yard, say, hey mom, can you just walk the dog around the backyard? Or can you play chuck it or something or frisbee or something like that? Or get yourself a treadmill, train the dog how to get on a treadmill. And ask to ask your mom to like do treadmill work with that dog, but if she does, the reason why she doesn't want to leave the, the reason why she doesn't want to use the prong is because she feels it's going to hurt the dog. Now you can't, you know, if your mom doesn't want to use it, you can't like make her use it. Um, because she's doing in a, in, you know an act of kindness. You really can't put requirements on acts of kindness. So you sort of got to work. You got to work with it. You have to work with it. You have to be a little bit creative. Next. Karen, GSD lover, at that school, the kids were screaming like you were a rock star. I knew you could handle it, but was concerned Champ would have been overwhelmed with all the screaming. Actually, um, Champ was a champ. Champ did great. Yeah, he's a he, – that, that, so that's a dog that has a temperament to be a service dog. Mm-hmm. That's a dog that has a temperament to be a service dog. So, no, he was doing fine. And that was funny because that's the owner's – that's the principal's dog. That's the first time I worked him. I actually have never grabbed a leash on that dog. I don't work the dogs on a daily basis. I'm at the training center. My staff does. I'm running the company. I'm touring. I'm doing social media. I'm building the business. Um, I'm overseeing everything. Um, so, no, Champ did great. Yeah, Champ, Champ's the kind of dog that you can put in a downstay and you can have. I had a dog named Uma, and Uma was great, um, great dog. And I used to do seminars, big seminars, I mean, trade shows. I used to do, I used to do pet trade shows with her. And I used to do the demos of these pet, pet trade shows in Providence, Rhode Island. I'd put her in a down and I'd walk away from her. And I would ask for every single kid in the audience to come up and make a big, huge circle around Uma. So there would be anywhere from, oh, I don't know, 30 to 60 kids. You know, it's not a Saturday. It's a family pet center, family pet show. And then I would say, okay, guys, on the count of three, everybody rush up to Uma, screaming your heads off and reach down and pet her. And I say, don't ever, 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 ever do this to a dog. And um, and they would do it. She wouldn't move. 
she wouldn't move. Fourth of July, I can put fire, and I've done this, put firecrackers around her, sparklers around her, firecracks around her, and I would light them off. Guess what? She wouldn't move. She was just one of those dogs. Like that, I trained her to hold a downstay. I didn't train her to put up with that kind of pressure, I don't think. She had, that's, nature had a lot to do with that one. Nature had a lot to do with that one. She's what you call a bomb-proof dog around humans. And when I say around humans, because if a dog ever went after her, she loved a good dog fight. She definitely wasn't one of these dogs that was going to just sit back. But as far as humans are concerned, she can take a humongous amount of pressure, a huge amount of pressure. So Champ is sort of like that dog. He's sort of like that dog. Next. Supreme Leader Snoke, what's your opinion on ovary sparing spay? My vet had no clue. What the fuck? Um, I, I'm not a bit ovary ovary sparing spay. What the fuck? I don't know what it is either. I think they just like tie their tubes, right? Oh, they, they leave. Oh, they oh they leave every they, they leave everything in there. I mean, this is the thing. Um, I mean, vets. I mean, if that's probably something the vet doesn't do. But when it comes to medical stuff comes to medical stuff, I'm the last guy you want to ask. I'm a huge advocate of personal choice, both with with females um, as well as dogs, as well as like a lot of things in your life. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I believe the government can, should stay out of a lot of stuff. Um, so, but as far as like, as far as the way you spay your dog, if it's a, if, if the goal is to spay the dog and that is an effective protocol and procedure, well then I don't see what the problem is, but I don't have enough information on it. I cannot give you an educated answer at all. Next. Joelle. Hey, guys. I don't even use place anymore. My dog goes directly to his bed as soon as I open the door. You rock. Awesome. Congratulations. Next. Angie. Just wanted to say thanks for all your info. My GSDs have gotten tons of compliments. I watched my kids come home on our security cameras today. The dogs didn't even lift their heads in their crates until the kids finished putting stuff away. The kids are well-trained, too. They open the crates and walk off. The dogs didn't move until they were released. Jesus Christ. Thanks. Love my pop socket too. Angie, you're a fucking goddamn rock star. Woo. Angie, did you say can you save that video and send it to me? Just make sure there's no if you want your kids on social media. And just make sure your address isn't there or anything like that. But maybe that's not a good idea because then people know your kids coming home and there's no adult there. So maybe not. But boy, would I love to fucking show that video. That's fantastic. I'm super proud of you. If you think it would endanger your children or be a safety risk to your family's safety plan, please don't do it. Next. Shayna, used e-collar first time ever. I used it on six-month-old GSD. I'm training. Thank goodness. I've, I tried on Vibrate first. Dog flew out of the room. He went upstairs, refused to come down. Took me 20 minutes to drag him back down. Um, is there another part to this? What? Yes. Got to say, two days later, he does obey faster, even though he had pretty good response time before. Okay. So let me just make one small correction. When you say, thank God I use it on vibrate, what you're saying is you think vibrate is gentler than shock. That's what you're saying. It's That's wrong. It's not. It's not. Vibrate is actually pretty harsh for most dogs. Most dogs have a very adverse reaction to vibrate. So when you say, thank God, by the way, I, you're a regular fan. I'm not scolding you, yelling at you, shaming you, blaming you, or I don't dislike you at all. I love you, but I'm trying to change the world. And there's a lot of people that listen to this show and vibrate is not better than shock. 
if you would have gotten the working level of the dog, you would have just gotten the dog to go, oh, what's that? You wouldn't have gotten such an adverse reaction. So just, just, just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. So we never use Vibrate. Next. Anna, hi, I've adopted a dog that has lived all his life. In we already do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm so confused though. Did she ask it twice? Is that what? Yep, oh, yeah. She exactly. said, sorry if you already answered, just came home from work. Yep, okay. Exactly. Um, Benoist Lauren. Hi, got a seven month old Australian shepherd with very high drive. He lunges at other dogs to play. How would you handle this situation? Thanks. So, a seven month old um, Aussie, okay. So, very high drive, lunges at other dogs to play. That's probably the dog's play style. Number one, be careful because another dog is going to take that as possibly not play. Um, what we what we do with that is if you've ever seen us do socialization with our socialization yard is we use a stockyard whip and we'd have the dog on a leash and any arousal like that the dog would get a quick smack to the butt um, on the butt for being so aroused and we teach the dog how to calmly approach other dogs next um, Redwood Reaver any tips for vetting trainers so you know you don't know till you know that's that's the thing. Um, here's a couple of things that you don't want to do. I mean, if you like my show, put it that way. Anybody that says we use science-based dog training, scratch them out. Anybody that says positive reinforcement only, scratch them out. Anybody that's anybody who, um, unless you're looking to compete your dog, unless you're looking to compete your dog in a sport, if on the front page of their uh, uh, website it lists all their accomplishments, vet them out. They care more about ego than they care about you. Now, if you are looking to, if you're like, no, Jeff, I have an, I want a dog that I want to do really well in agility. They, well, damn right. I hope you've actually taken dogs to a high level of agility, a high level of sport, a high level of competition obedience. But I'm talking for family pet dogs. That's all ego-based information, and it's not necessary. So what you want to do is, is it doesn't make a difference what school they went to. Just remember, the Unabomber went to Harvard, okay? It doesn't matter. Just remember that more than, what is it, 90% of the doctors in practice today graduated in the lower 50% of their class. Some weird statistic like that. So it's like, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters, okay? What matters is this. Let me see your videos of your work. Before, after. Do I connect with you? Because they're training you. Are they a people person? Whenever I teach young dog trainers, the number one thing I say is work more on your human skills than your dog skills, but your dog skills better be pretty damn good. But your human skills need to be excellent because we're in the human business. And there's a lot of really skilled dog trainers out there and they can have a very good career, but working with a client is probably not going to be what we should use them for. Train board and train dogs. Let somebody else do the go homes. So that that's another thing. If anybody insults you, shames you, blames you, anything like that. All right, next. Redwood says, also, thanks for your time and knowledge. My pleasure. Supreme Leader Snoke, any trainers in Montreal, Canada that you recommend? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm sure there's good trainers there. I just don't know of anybody. Next. Dan, love your analogies, Jeff. Priceless. See that? The boob one. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Next. That's what Dan's talking about. I know. Good. That was talked about 45 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe he's talking about another analogy. It still didn't make any sense. Sure, it was comical. 
George, good night, guys. I just want to say hello and thank you for all the great content you share. Happy 2019. Thanks a lot. Yeah, the show's almost over. We got eight more minutes left. Next. Tony, have two Rottweilers, seven months. They keep digging holes in the backyard. How do you get them to stop? Tony, you're brand new to my show. I'll try to be gentle. What the fuck were you doing getting two Rottweilers, right? And here I am saying, don't shame owners. So anyway, you got your work cut out for you. What I want you to do is this. I'm going to give you the answer, but I want you to do is this. I want you to have hardcore structure in those dogs' lives. When those dogs turn a year old, your life is going to dramatically change. It's sort of like, you know, oh, my kids are easy. It's like, yeah, wait till they, wait till they become teenagers. So what I want you to do is this. Remote collar. This is how I stop digging. I'll tell you how I stop digging, then you can choose to do it or not. Remote collars on the dog, which are shock collars if you're brand new to my world. Okay? Do only have one dog out there at a time when you're doing this protocol. The first time you do it. Have the dog go outside. You're inside. You look out the window. Dog starts digging. You make it suck to dig. It is as simple as that. You're going to hear all kinds of stuff. Fill up the hole with poop. What are you? People suggest that. (laughs) No, don't fill up the hole with poop. Fill up the hole with water. Okay. Next week. Hey, Jeff, my dog's coming all muddy. How do I fix that? It's like, no. Remote collar on the dog. They they dig holes, they get into the into your garden, they fence fight, you make it suck with a shock collar, they stop digging. Simple as that. The reason why I say do only one dog at a time, because if it's the first time the dogs have had shock collars on, two dogs there, they might, they could have an interaction. Shock collars don't make dogs aggressive, but you are making the dog very uncomfortable in the moment there. So you do one at a time, and then after that, they should be fine together. Well, actually, they should stop doing it. Next. Sean, thank you for the insight. Already purchased the prong collar and have tons of notes I've been taking from your DIY videos. Awesome. Sean, thanks, buddy. Um, John, we just adopted a one and a half year old Dutch shepherd and found your channel looking for some training info. Thank you for all this info and taking the time to share. John, thank you for joining my family. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for everybody. We had a lot of new people on the show tonight. Um, the show is getting a lot of um, a lot of new traction. Um, probably because of all the social media Joel's putting up. Um, and I just want to know, I just really appreciate everybody. I do it three nights a week. Um, I do it Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday nights. Um, Mondays, I do 8.30 p.m. Uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays, I do it 8 p.m. It's always on YouTube Live. You can always watch the replay if you miss it. Don't forget, on Mondays, I do my AMA and IG stories. So in Instagram stories, on Mondays, there is one story. 15 second story that has a little sticker there where you can ask me anything. Also join my Patreon page. We have to do the, we're going to make that. We have to do IGTV tomorrow. Um, And then also on Patreon, patreon.com slash solid canine training. You can also ask questions next. Uh, Maria work full time. Dog has to go to doggy daycare. He has become quite dog aggressive since going there, but I can't stop her going as she needs to be out in the day. Well, what you can do is find a new doggy daycare. You can also find a dog walker instead. So try those two options. Next. Um, Lacey got four-month-old, 15-pound puppy that was kept in a horse trailer his whole life. He gets really nervous, spins in circles, and tries to get back inside the house whenever we take it outside. What do I do? Okay. Lacey. Lacey. It's a 16-week-old puppy. Kept in a horse trailer its whole life? 16 weeks is nothing. So for the first eight weeks of the dog's life, 
being in a horse trailer is probably pretty normal for a lot of dogs, whether it's a horse trailer or a barn or your basement or your living room or whatever. So eight weeks, it was in a horse trailer. Yes, we missed a couple of things there, but it didn't have this horrific life. For a dog to spend the first four months of its life in a horse trailer is far from the worst thing. So I, I just want you to, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because I don't want you to think that that's like this horrific upbringing the dog had. It could have been worse. It could always be worse. So at 16 weeks old, a lot of dogs that you spend $5,000 for spin around. And a lot of dogs you spend $5,000 for also want to get back in the house. Because you're going through a fear stage. It's very, very common. It's very, very common. So what do you do? You have to right now leash on the dog and do all your training. So you got to jump. You got to jump right into the training. Jump right into it. Watch all my videos. But I don't want you to think that like when you use a, a phrase like all your life and it's only 16 weeks, that's like, no. I mean, it's okay for a dog to sleep in a horse trailer every single night. It's okay for a dog to be in a horse trailer for half the day when it's not running around. So that's not the worst life at all. Next. Um, Ira, I've heard that e-collars are great to use for reactive dogs, but where I live, e-collars are illegal. I use a prong, but sometimes my girl is so focused on the other dog, my corrections do nothing. Any suggestions on what to do when this happens? Thank you. So Ira, I won't tell you to break the law, but what I will say is I have many Remember, prohibition was illegal, and so are drugs. I have many, many people that I have conversations with um, that use remote collars in areas where they're illegal, and they use a bandana or they use a remote collar cover, just, just to give you a heads up. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just stating facts. What you can also do is use a bonker, which is a towel. So you would say no, boom, bonk the dog. Next. Um, Stacy. Stacy, anything I can do to distract my male GSD from his sister who is having her first heat? Tie it in a knot. So keep, keep them separate. You don't want to distract. Keep them separate. That's what you got to do. So I, I've owned text now for what? Probably at least six months, right? August. Yeah. Yeah, August. So was that month eight? We're on month one. So, yeah. So that's like about six months. So I think I got it at the end of August. Month eight. Well, it's Month five. <laughs> August is month eight. September is month ninth. We just call We're in month one. We're in month one. It's so weird. I, so, as I said, I do military time too. I know. So, it's like, don't make fun of me. So, all right. Um, so, uh, Kira's had three heats since I've owned her. So, her last heat, like, I haven't owned, I own, I own male dogs. Nobody gave a shit about it. Tex gave a shit about it. So what do you do? Got to keep them separate. Next. Um, dark horse. I've got the prong collar on my 18 week old GSP. She keeps pulling it in front of me and I've stepped on her toes. She's also wincing at times with the e-collar. If I have it too tight, I order rubber tips. Oh, the collar. Don't get rubber tips. 18 week old. Make sure you get the Herm Springer one that are rounded. The rubber tips won't make it. Rubber tips, if anything, can cause abrasions on the dog. The rubber tips are on there because of the sharpness of the collar. So the collar shouldn't be sharp. It should be rounded. Each prong should be rounded. Also, it's possible you just didn't introduce it to the dog properly. 
um, and you're letting the dog get too far ahead of you and you're being more reactive than proactive with the dog. So watch my video on how to introduce the collar, how to do the, how to do the prong collar dance with the dog, and then you start out really, really slow. But as soon as that dog starts pulling, it's, it's, it's being used improper. Next. Megan, she says, it's Frederick, not Hagerstown. I know. And Matthew says, sorry, I thought it was Hagerstown. Hope to see you in Frederick. <laughs> look at that. And Megan says, it's a 40-minute difference. <laughs> Megan. Now you know. Okay, Megan, don't be so fucking mean to my listeners. I need every follower I can. Guys, just to let you know, Megan is not part of my company at all. <laughs> okay? She has no relation to this company at all. She is a super, super fan. fan. Okay? So, supposedly, she's got the hots for the host, but we won't talk about that. Um, but I'll see, and Megan, and Megan will be there as well. So Megan, you have to buy Matthew at least a morning coffee and a pastry for, for being a little bit oh too God, firm in my I book. Feel her embarrassment. Next. Poor Megan. Um, oh shit. It's one thirty. an hour and 30 minutes, hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Um, he's 15 weeks, by the way, Sebastian, uh, which dog was that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Okie doke. Guys. It's been a great show. I got to stick to my 90 minutes. Mrs. Gelman has rules. Um, I will see everybody on Saturday. Tomorrow, I'll, um, I'll Instagram stories. Well, you'll see Instagram stories from the road. Uh, I'm sorry, from, from the training center. Tomorrow night, um, I'm myself and Romy, one of my daughters, we're going out to the Catskill Mountains. I'm looking at cabins, chalets, and houses for an investment property um, to add to my, um, to my Airbnb portfolio. And uh, I'll keep everybody up to date. I'm probably not going to show anybody what I'm looking at because that's a great way to lose a house. Um, I remember I used to be part of an RV forum mm-hmm. and somebody posted a photo. They posted an ad from like Craigslist on the forum, getting people's opinions about what they thought of this RV. And guess somebody else fucking bought it. Yeah. It's like, duh. Yeah. Of course somebody else bought it. Of course. Yeah. It's like, no, you find something that you like. You don't fucking tell people like, how to get a hold, how to get a hold of it. But, um, but I've always wanted to do something in the Catskills. And I was looking at a play, another place in Florida. I got a couple houses there now, but then I'm like, you know what, from an investment property for half the price, I can actually charge double the money for, so we've got houses in Florida, beautiful three bedroom, two bathroom houses, in ground heated swimming pools, close to the beaches. I can charge, we can charge more money for, a, ca- a one-room cabin or a chalet with two rooms in the Catskill Mountains per night. So, and it's like a third of the price to half, you know, half of the price to the third of the price. So, um, plus it would be really nice. Plus you get like, well, I'm looking at places where anywhere from five to 15 acres of land as well. So some really, really nice, really, really nice places. So, all right, everybody, take care. Madly in love with you. SolidK9Training.com, uh, dot com, And uh, thanks for everybody for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye.